Hi, I'm Caleb. This is my mommy's podcast. If you like it, would you please share it, subscribe, and give her a review? I know she'll be very grateful. Thanks, and have an awesome, great, awesome, great, awesome day. Welcome to The Faint Wick. I'm Melissa Strickland. I'm Melissa Strickland, and I'm angry. I'm Melissa Strickland, and I'm an angry person. I'm Melissa Strickland, and I'm a bitter, resentful, negative person because I'm an angry person. I suspect there are some of you who are saying, well, good, she finally figured it out. And I think, I hope, that there are at least a few of you who are saying, What? She doesn't seem like an angry person to me. She's delightful. The truth is, on some level, I have known for a long time that there is an angry seed inside of me that goes beyond the normal. And I have known that it comes out in hurtful ways sometimes, toward loved ones, colleagues, and total strangers. There are times when I am filled with guilt about it, and there are times when I tell myself that it is righteous anger against people and things that aren't the way they should be. I don't know about you, but I can be a master at telling myself that the focus of my anger is something God doesn't like either, so it's okay for me to be angry. Honestly, there are times when I marvel at how God has let me live 49 years without sending a lightning bolt upon my head for the way I use him to justify my own bad behavior. At the end of the day, though, the truth is that I have never truly wanted to explore my anger, to dig into what it is, where it comes from, certainly not how to overcome it. It has been a constant, comfortable companion, and the few times I tried to will myself to suppress it were a complete failure. Plus, I'm too old and tired to try to train myself to focus on a different emotion like, I don't know, peace maybe. But then, one Sunday, there was no avoiding it anymore. My son Caleb had seemed out of sorts all that day, and I asked him what was going on with him, and he said, Mommy, it's really hard to have a daddy with MS. And in a second, I felt the burn of anger seep all the way up from my toes through my body right into my face. Stupid, evil, destructive MS. MS that is relentless in its attack against my husband. MS that has already caused so much pain and destruction in Robinson's life, and now 
It was working its dark way into my little boy's heart and mind. I hate MS. And just the thought of it makes me so angry. But here's the thing. MS will always be evil and destructive. I will never be able to avoid that reality. And I will always despise it with my every breath. But there's no way that I can resolve my anger with MS. I can't yell at it. Not really. I can't give it the silent treatment or sit down over coffee with it to discuss how to heal our relationship. So, I vent myself in other ways, small ways, and maybe some not-so-small ways, too. Robinson rolls into the room in his wheelchair, that wheelchair that reminds me of M.S., to ask me a simple question, and I answer with an irritated tone. The kids, my co-workers, my friends, they all know what tone I'm talking about. They know it too well. Psalm 37.8 says, Refrain from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It tends only to evil. A line written by King David like, He knew me. But now, I have a son who is waking up to the reality of MS. He's becoming more and more aware that his daddy's life is hard and that he's walking a different path than other kids his age. And my job is to guide him along that path. And Lord, help me. Lord, please help me. I don't want to teach him to be an angry person. So what to do? God's word and prayer. It's the only answer ever. And if you take nothing else away from this episode or any other one, I hope that you are always left with this simple, colossal truth. God's word and prayer. Friends, in my opinion, these are the greatest gifts God has ever given us outside of salvation itself. So I went to the Bible app on my phone and typed in anger. So convenient. Maybe too convenient. I'll have to think about that one a little more. But for now, I'll tell you what popped up. Lots of verses about anger. There are the warnings like Psalm 37, 8, as I said, and Ephesians 4, 26, which states, Be angry and do not sin. Well, that's a big one to chew on. There's James 1, 19 through 20. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce 
the righteousness of God. I also found the righteous anger of Jesus himself, like when he healed the man with the withered hand in Mark chapter 3. He asked the religious leaders if it was lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, but they were silent because, of course, he had once again snagged them in their hypocrisy. And the Bible says, He looked around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart. So the question was, the question is, how do I know when my anger, mixed with grief, is righteous? And when am I letting it tend to evil? And I prayed about that a lot, but I was still coming up empty. I just wasn't getting a message, some clarity. So I kept praying. And I don't know about you, but I don't really love when God takes his time with an answer. But when it comes finally, it is always so crystal clear why he took his time and how powerful the process of waiting was in my life. And then I become impatient the next time I want a quick answer. (laughs) The struggle against flesh in a culture of instant results is real, my friend. The first step in the answer, the first step came when I ran across a quote from Pastor John Piper in an online article. He said, Occasionally, weep deeply over the life you hoped would be. Grieve the losses, then wash your face, trust God, and embrace the life you have. Hmm. The life you have. You know what? My anger is about a lot more than MS. It was about the life I have No little girl dreams of growing up to be a caregiver. No little boy dreams of being confined to a wheelchair in constant pain when they grow up. This isn't the life we planned 27 years ago when we were much younger and thinner and full of ideas. What would life be then? We thought maybe he would be a rock star playing for thousands of adoring fans. Maybe I would spend each day sitting in my favorite cafe in Paris, writing the world's greatest novels. There was no MS, no wheelchair, no disability, no pain. And I had never grieved the life I hoped for, and I had never trusted God enough to embrace the life I have. The first half of Proverbs 13.12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Oh, how many years has my heart been sick 
with bitterness, resentment, frustration, and anger because of a hope deferred. So I sobbed because that's what I do. And I sobbed off and on for days in my favorite hidden sobbing places. In the shower, during the drive from Mona's school to work in the mornings. I laid the grief at the foot of the cross and I sobbed out so much darkness in my heart that I thought the tears themselves would turn black. And I found other verses. 1 Corinthians fifteen nineteen. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. And Isaiah 53, 5 and 6. I think we should all read this one every single day. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And now here I am, carefully plodding along the next steps in this journey with anger, the one I hope to help my children walk someday. And the truth is, I can't fix it myself. There's no easy formula that I can rely on to determine when my anger is righteous and when it tends to evil. I think about how many years I have lived with an anger that went so much deeper than our daily life in the shadow of MS. How many years my anger was actually rooted in the sickness of a hope deferred. All those years, God knew. Psalm 139, 1 through 4 says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. I don't know if you're struggling with anger. I don't know what you're struggling with. But what I do know is that hope and everything that hope means can only return when we lay our anger or any of our sins at the foot of the cross through prayer and searching the riches of God's word 
We have to confess it daily. And if you're like me, cry over it, probably also daily. Beg God to give us the strength to overcome it and ask him to show us what it means to embrace the life we have. And when I do that, I realize that actually I have a pretty awesome life. And after we lay down all of that yuck, let's thank him by listing our many, many blessings, especially the blessing of knowing that Jesus was willing to bear the iniquity of us all. The second half of Proverbs thirteen twelve, after hope deferred makes the heart sick, is, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Desire fulfilled is a tree of life. I'm sure there is theology in there that is greater than my little mind can process, but here's what it makes me think. When our desire is God above all things, the heart's sickness is rooted out. And when we trust Him enough to embrace the life we have, He will show us a glimpse of the tree of life that awaits us in heaven one day. No more anger there. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a blessed day. Letting go of every single dream I lay each one down at your feet Every moment of my wandering Never changes what you see I've tried to Cry out.
trust, I will trust, I will trust in you. This is Melissa's daughter Mona. Don't forget to share, subscribe, and review. Thanks a lot.